What's going on, everybody? You're listening to my buddy Cassio on Cassio's Cut. This is your boy, the Cho, Corey Ryan Forster of the Well Read Comedy Tour. Listen to episode one, the liberal rednecks jump in the cut. My personal favorite, but they're all good. Love y'all. Love Cassio. We'll see you later. Shkew. Hey, if you can't get enough Cassio, check him out at his real job. Yeah, the one that actually pays the bills. Listen to the Jimbo and Cassio Morning Show live 6 to 10 a.m. Central on therocket951.com. The water company, the utility water, water utility in Oregon, recently came up with a new method to purify sewage water to make it safe. And now they want to brew beer with it. What? It's so fragrant. Uh, uh, it's very hoppy. <laughs> Very <laughs> hoppy. Yeah, I'm hopping all the way out of the way. Robust. I'm going to hop into the nat- natty light line. Good flavor profile. <laughs> mm. Wait, let me let me let me open up a new can. Oh. Ah. Smells, <laughs> <laughs> smells of tangerine and dingleberries. <laughs> dingleberry. Wait, you want a bottle? Here, let me just get my can opener. There you go. <laughs> Is that tobacco? Something's burnt. <laughs> Listen live online or download the Rocket app for your tablet or smartphone. Just search WRTT Rocket 95.1 in the Apple or Google Play Store. What's up, Candy Lickers? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you doing? You're listening to another edition of Casio's Cut. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in once again. Make sure you're interacting with us. We've had a ton of interaction over the past couple weeks, and I love it. That means we're picking up steam. You guys are getting comfortable with the show. Love hearing the feedback, your favorite episodes, what you like, what you want to see on the merch. Uh, Stay tuned. That's going to be debuting really, really soon. I can't wait to show you what we've been working on in the merchandise department. Uh, Also, your feedback on our YouTube channel, Casio's uh, Casio's Cut on YouTube. Uh, be sure you check that out. Casio's Cut on YouTube. Be sure you check that out. Uh, at Casio's Cut on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all there at Casio's Cut. Uh, my personal account, of course, is at the Casio Kid. And uh, we appreciate you interacting with us. Heard a lot of feedback over the past few weeks. Comedian uh, DJ Lewis. Uh, we had Jimbo Wood, who is a fantastic storyteller, my co host on the radio in Huntsville, Alabama, Rocket 95.1. Uh, and also, of course, the P.O. Box uh, latest episode we had there. We had dog uh, wigs. We had uh, our buddy Doug Markham was there hanging out with us. Uh, we had hissing cockroaches. It was mania. And uh, I'll just tell you, we're a couple weeks out from having another one. You guys you guys were inspired, uh, must have been, uh, from the last P.O. Box episode because they started piling in now. And if you want to be a part of that, it's a fun, fun episode that you guys, you basically create the episode 
Uh, you send anything you want to the P.O. Box, we will open it. It can be a letter. Uh, it can be uh, your merchandise. Uh, it can be whatever you want. As you saw, it, we run the gambit on the P.O. Box episodes. And if you want to be a part of that, just send your package, your letter, whatever you want to Casio's Cut, P.O. Box 19065, Huntsville, Alabama, 35804. That's Casio's Cut, P.O. Box 19065, Huntsville, Alabama, 35804. Send whatever you want, and we will open it live. You'll get our instant reaction right there on that What's in Casio's Box episode. This episode, uh, we've just come off a crazy, crazy week in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, We had AEW debut. We had NWA is now on television. We've had NXT going head-to-head with AEW. We've got SmackDown moving to Big Boy Fox, and we had a crazy Hell in the Cell pay-per-view. If you are all listening to this when it drops uh, the week of October 8th, 2019, you know the week we just had in wrestling was chaos. So we had to check in with one of the authorities in the wrestling world, the podfather himself. He's going five days a week with his wrestling podcast, so I had to get him down uh, on mine this week as we discuss everything. Is this the most important week ever? Ever? In wrestling, will NXT have to hit the road? We will cover it all right here in the State of the Union, basically, for wrestling with my buddy, the one and only, Mr. Conrad Thompson. All right, coming to you live from the back porch of the Conradison. Yeah, this is the first time I've uh, recorded a podcast back here since 2015 with Arky Shea. (laughs) Really? Maybe 2016. Arky Shea, uh, local sports radio guy in Huntsville, Alabama, and you recorded on the back porch with him. Yeah, right there at that. Well, that's before I changed the the countertops on the outdoor kitchen up here. Um, I did not know where the lead story was going to be. Arky Shea. I yeah, I didn't. Well, it's funny because you said the back porch, and I, I didn't know we were revealing <laughs> where in my humble abode we were, but. Back since we've remodeled the uh, upstairs outdoor kitchen, you know this was black granite up here, and now yeah. it's a granite called Spider Man, which apparently, if you name it after a Marvel comic, means it's very expensive. Yes. Uh, and uh, they spell it weird, like with a Y or something. I don't know. I just saw the invoice, and I was like, "What the fuck, Megan? <laughs> what? You're like they paid for rights? What are we doing? They're sh- they're shooting their goo on me on this one. For well, it looks sure. strong." No, it looks awesome, and I was really happy with it until I got the goddamn bill. So I'm glad we're doing this podcast out here <laughs> so we can talk about my stupid countertops. Do you need to slip in any advertisers to get an extra check-in to pay for that? No, I am not plugging those assholes. <laughs> it was a process. They told me that you know they'd take it out on a Monday and it'd be installed on a Friday. One month later, they finished. Okay. So I slow-rolled, and I was like, nah, I'm not giving you this last check until it's done. No, it is done. Mm. No, nah, you missed this, you missed that. But it looks badass now. Like It looks awesome. Yeah. But no Spider-Man company love. No, no, no. Spider-Man company <laughs> love. I'm going to keep that to myself. And, and let me just tell you, boys and girls, if you're out shopping with your wife, and she says, oh, honey, it's called Spider-Man. Just go to the next aisle. Just go. Okay. It's cool, but it ain't that cool. <laughs> All right. So uh, I wanted to catch up with you because uh, we like doing fun stuff. But... Um, as of this taping, we have just finished a wild week in wrestling. Probably one of the biggest weeks in the history of professional wrestling. I think you could argue the biggest week in the history, but if it's not the biggest, it's certainly, as Bruce would say, top five. Uh, we are just coming off the week where was it second or third week that second week that SmackDown's moved, right? 
No, the big boy the, Fox. That was the first week. So, oh, that we, was the first week. Okay, we okay. started the week with the NWA doing their first set of what they call television tapings on Sunday and Monday. I say they call because a lot of people are discrediting them because they're just releasing the programming online. It'll be on their Facebook and their YouTube. But either way, it's formatted as a TV. Well, that means and, Netflix isn't TV. Well, that's what I'm saying. And so when people are discrediting, it's like, dude, and you've been to my house, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube TV. I watch a lot of content Tons. on YouTube. So I don't discredit YouTube as a viable you know, platform. I, I think it's... You can I, listen I, to all your podcasts on YouTube. Everything we do is on YouTube. And low-key, the, the second biggest search engine in the world is YouTube. Yeah. And I don't think enough people think about that, but... So I think it's great. I'm very supportive. I love that new look. Uh, I think it's very old school and classic. And yeah. they've got a lot of great talent. I was so excited to see Trevor Murdoch was back in wrestling. And he's been doing a lot of stuff in Missouri. But he had sort of been out of the spotlight. But what an old school sort of throwback style wrestler. And I saw that the former Damian Sandow was there. And Eli Drake was there. Our old pals, the Rock and Roll Express, were there. Come on, with the belts. Uh, lots of great stuff on that show. And then... You know, we had the the season debut or the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, and we saw that uh, Ric Flair is going to Saudi Arabia. Come on, man. Uh, and, Come on. And, Zombie uh, Rick. Marty from the Marty and Sarah pod said, please, WWE Network, please film every moment of Ric Flair <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Because you know that's just got to be wild. So that was cool. And Pyro's back. And it was, a, it was a really good Raw show. And I know lots of armchair quarterbacks want to sort of overanalyze everything that happens on TV. And I get that. That's part of the fun of being a wrestling fan. But I thought Raw was great. And Tuesday we had a great countdown show that was very well done. And it was on TNT. And it's pretty cool to know that so much of that was put together by the guys over at the DDP Performance Studio. You know? As, as much as... You know, uh, me personally have followed AEW and, you know, we have went to the pay-per-views and everything. I didn't know I was going to enjoy that preview show as much. I liked seeing the recaps. I like them resetting the storylines because you forget they are trying to get that audience that they haven't reached yet. I mean, that's why you go to mainstream television. One of the things I really enjoyed was when uh, Dave Meltzer put in the uh, Observer this past Thursday that he felt like Cody was the most dynamic personality uh, on the countdown. And I agree. And I know a lot of people are going to hear this and say, oh, he's your friend, you're kissing ass. No, it was just you're finally able to introduce who this version of the Cody Rhodes character is to a whole new audience. And a lot of fans remember him as part of his WWE character. And he had a few different personas. He was with legacy and all that, but he was also in the paint, a stardust. Most stardust recently, is what I immediately think of. Yeah. So, so you got to introduce who he is and not just let it be, Oh, that was that guy who was stardust. That show really showed you, Oh no, this is going to be a top guy. And I thought it was very well done. And to know it was guys that you and I personally know over at the performance center amazing. that put it together. And it's on TNT. It was like, man, that says so much about, their uh, gumption and their balls and their prowess and their commitment. It was really, really big time. And then Wednesday, I think everybody was curious, hey, how is this going to shake out? And I got it wrong. By the way, we're watching Raw on my back porch right now, and Taylor Williamson is front row, smiling ear to ear. <laughs> With Lacey? Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, anyway, as we're uh, covering this, I, 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 was, I, was, I was way off on AEW last week. What do you mean? Well... You know, I saw in the first episode of SmackDown, 
uh, or not SmackDown, but NXT, that there were like 1.6 million. And I'm just doing this off the top of my head. We don't have any sort of laptops in no, front of nothing. us. But I think the first episode had like 1.6 million, and the second episode had like 1.1 million. And in my head, with WWE being sort of the branded uh, franchise property and them having the competitive advantage of having the two week head start and limited commercials and more uh, identifiable characters and bringing back Finn Balor and promoting it on raw and SmackDown and through their social media, which are a multiple of everything AEW combined. When you look at how many followers they have on YouTube and, and, and Twitter and Facebook. And I just assumed not only would WWE win the night, but that if WWE was struggling to get, you know, one six and then one, one, one million was a really, really tall number. And I'll never forget sitting in Tokyo, Wrestle Kingdom weekend and having a conversation with Dave Meltzer. And we're talking about how wonderful it is that they've got all this momentum coming off of all in from a YouTube show, but that YouTube show was getting, you know, 250,000 views but not a million you're talking about being the elite being the elite yeah and the question was if they can only get two hundred and fifty thousand globally how in the world are they going to get a million domestically right and dave and i sort of you know bandied that about over breakfast and he was like you know you've got to think they expect and and they need a million can they get there and when you think about 250 globally man that's a tall order but God damn, when that number came out and it was, you know, one, four or whatever it was, I was blown away. I mean, I expected them to do well, but I expected that number to come in 800, which is around what NXT got. Well, uh, yes. NXT got 800 that week, right. but I just thought, well, if WWE is getting one, one, 800 is a solid number, right? You know, I mean, golly, I mean, you got to be impressed and happy and feel good on your first episode out and you're trying to get over a lot of new characters. And I just thought 800 would have been a home run and to do almost double that was amazing. So what do you think this was interesting to me uh, as I sat on the couch flipping back and forth? Um, honestly, not much. Cause I, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss any second of AW. just cause not that we know what NXT has, but we know what NXT has. We know what it was. Well, also, too, you and I are a bit uh, homers because right. we're both really good friends now with Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. And, uh, which was amazing. We'll yeah, get to that. Yeah. But, I mean, just, I, I wanted, as first episode, it's like everybody said, you're jumping in from the ground floor. I wanted to ne not miss one second flipping back and forth. Sure. Did I flip? Yes. Did I flip a lot? No. I, I would in the commercials, flip back and make sure I didn't miss anything. But right. how many? How many do you think? Maybe uh, be hard to, you know. There's no way to quantify it, but just your thoughts. How many of that 1.4 do you think? Hey, we're laying eyes on AEW for the first time, just because it's we've heard the buzz. It's on Man, regular it's got, cable. It's got to be a lot. It's I think gotta, it's got to be a lot. It, like you said. We're going 250 on YouTube, which has been around for a long time. Yeah, and they've been some, putting out a lot of episodes on YouTube. Some of the episodes of Countdown, you know, the road to TNT, and it was a tremendous job that they did. You know, those shows were 100,000, 200,000, and to go a multiple of that was just so impressive. Uh, I gotta think if you if you look back, WWE 
made some made some strategical mistakes here. You know that it was probably a mistake to start two weeks ahead. You know, right. in theory, you want to say, "Oh, we'll beat them to the punch." I understand that. However, by that point, as you said, you sort of knew what to expect. Yeah. You had seen it. So if it really was the first look, maybe maybe you don't give them as many viewers because maybe fans do think, "Oh, I can't miss. I don't know what they got. Let me go see." But also, too, I think not having something that Tuesday night, because wrestling fans had been conditioned. We're all creatures of habit. And so people were used to tuning in for Tuesday SmackDown. Like yeah. this week, you know, I'm, I, my taping schedule, I'm assuming Bruce and Eric are at TV tomorrow night. They're not. And That's so it's, it's catching up for me even. And I, I mean, those are two of my best friends and I'm forgetting. And if I'm forgetting, then, you know, the casual fan is forgetting. Right. Well, no, there's no SmackDown. So the only wrestling content on TV last Tuesday was Cody Rhodes selling you on why you should watch. And he did a damn good job. He did. Clearly he did a damn good job because they hit a home run and it, you would be hard to argue that Cody's not one of the most important players in wrestling today, just because of how front and center he was on that Tuesday show. And then as you saw the quarter hour breakdown, you know, that first match did tremendous. And and some of that is because people wanted to see what it looked like. So they tuned in for the first yeah. segment. Sure. But the idea that the opening segment had more viewers than the last segment. I mean, that that's unheard of. Usually rating, you know, the audience builds as the show goes on, especially when you've got all that talent, in the main event, you've got Kenny Omega, you've got the young bucks, you've got Chris Jericho, and then, of course, Moxley's there. So you've got really all of your A-team in the main event. And then in the opening match, you got Cody Rhodes and Sammy. Uh, and, and not a lot of people knew Sammy. They do now. I, I mean, I'd heard his name, of course, but I I didn't know what to expect from him. Thanks. Like, just as, you know, I I, I would say I'm, I'm a more than a casual fan, but I'm, I wasn't diehard. I've not watched every episode of Being the Elite. But seeing that, you know, I thought they did a great job putting him over. He did great. Thought he held himself fantastic. It was a great match, like you said. It was it was super fun to watch and a great way to start that show. And there's something really, really special about Sammy because, uh, and I mean this in a very complimentary way, he has a fucking smackable face. <laughs> like there's something about his demeanor and his swagger and the way he carries himself and the faces he makes. You just want to punch him and. <laughs> And not in real life. In real life, he couldn't be, I probably shouldn't be saying that he's a nice guy, but he's a great guy. In real life, you know, I've had him at Starcast a few times, and he's just tremendous and yeah. couldn't be more polite and respectful and just a great guy. But, man, when he walks through that curtain, he is a different person, and you're like, man, fuck this guy. And I found myself yeah. in the crowd like, God, I really hate this guy. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I know this person. He's fun. He's a great guy. But he, he, he sucked me in for a few minutes into thinking, man, this guy's a turd. And I thought it was a really good match. And the match, you know, I know I'm jumping around, but the match that really shocked me the most was the women's match. And I've seen some people, and I know Jim Cornette and some other more old school folks were, were very critical of that match. And sure, there were some, some botches here or there. But the crowd was so into it, dude. I've seen so many live wrestling matches, big stuff. You know, I was at One Night Stand 05, and I, I, I was at the ECW Arena for real, authentic ECW shows from back in the day, and WrestleManias, and SummerSlams, and Royal Rumbles, and Nitros, and Raws. And when that crowd is in unison, and everybody's on the same page, and everybody's pulling for the same thing, 
uh, and really on the edge of their seat. It, it's special. And that happened in that match. And I, and if you would have shown me the full lineup and said, Hey, where will the fans be the most excited? I would have picked the first match or the last match because it's Cody or it's, you know, the match with the young bucks right. and Jericho. But dude, in the crowd, to me, there was no comparison. The story they told the ups, the downs, there was just so many, Oh, moments over and over and over. I was just in awe of the crowd. The crowd made that show. The real MVP of the first AEW wasn't Cody. It wasn't the Bucks. It wasn't Moxley. It wasn't Kenny. It was the crowd. And they made an okay women's match. One of the best matches I've ever seen live. I thought it was uh, watching it at home. It was also the one where I literally had no idea where they were going to go. As far as storyline, you know, you start it's that what you do for wrestling if you watch it enough you start trying to predict what you think is going to happen and usually you're right and so what's fun about that is i saw so many people that day and they're like well of course nyla wins and i'm like no there's no way nyla wins Riho wins and the only other person that i talked to who felt that same way was tony shivani and tony's like oh well of course Riho's gonna win because it's the classic sort of underdog story yeah but then when you get out there and you see nyla just brutalize her over and over and over you think well, shit, she can't take much more of this. Right. So, she, well, as JR told us numerous times, she has a clear size advantage. Yeah. Clear and, size advantage. You know, what's what's unfortunate is I think uh, in an effort to be all-inclusive, and, and, and AEW definitely has, I think some people are going to just be critical unnecessarily. Like, Bruce Mitchell is a friend of mine, but he, he sort of insinuated that the way – Nyla had been presented on TV was shameful because maybe they weren't rubbing our nose in the fact, you know, what her, her gender was. And, and I'm like, man, you can't like, you're sort of damned if you do damned, if you don't either, it's just cool that when we're not making a big deal out of it, which I think is cool or it, or are we supposed to make a big deal out of it and make, I just think it's a slippery slope, and I thought the match stood on its own without you, without them sort of hitting you over the head. Yeah, no, no. You, I, I thought they did a fantastic job of a, of a dress. You know, I was with my wife, Big Booty Judy. She had no idea. They right. casually bring it up. They mention it. That was a oh shit moment by Big Booty Judy because she didn't know anything. But then it was done. Yeah, and Tony Schiavone, the first time he saw her wrestle live was in Las Vegas. He had no idea. Like, literally no idea. And I think that's what's cool, because how about this? It shouldn't fucking matter. Right. You know what? Like, that's... that's. I don't want that to be Nyla's identity. I want Nyla's identity to be her a matches. Wrestler. Not yes. Not that. Like, that's... She's a wrestler. That's not her gimmick. No. Quote, unquote. No. She's a wrestler. Um, so, uh, I also... I would love to get your take, because I... Even me casually posted pictures and saying, I'm excited for the Wednesday Night War... People are going, it's not a war. Why do we have to pick? I I still think calling it a war is good for television. What do you think? It's great for television. You know, people were very interested in the ratings. And, you know, it is a, it is a war, but it's not a war with AEW and WWE. It's a war with NXT and AEW. Yeah. And NXT is, is trying to be positioned as the third brand. But right now, AEW is the third brand. SmackDown is the number one brand in wrestling right now. Raw is the number two brand, and AEW is the number three brand. And I think in time, AEW can overtake Raw, but it's going to be very challenging to become the number one brand when you're competing with broadcast TV. But in my mind, 
there's no competition, especially while they're still doing NXT at full sale. If, and when NXT goes on the road, uh, things could change. But when you just look at the actual television presentation, one of those had a big time feel and the other maybe not so much. And that doesn't mean that the wrestling was less than, right. And I don't think that's necessarily required because I'm a hardcore ECW fan and you know, they were wrestling in front of 1100 people most of the time. So I'm not wigged out about the size of the crowd, but just the actual presentation. If you showed someone a Monday night raw, and then you showed them a, a hardcore TV with, with ECW's television show, they would say, Oh, well, raw is the much bigger, more big time show. And that's just based on the look and feel of the arena and the crown. I saw I saw a lot of people discussing this. It's of course on podcasts and Twitter. It's or social media. It's very. I think that was the the logical first question is everybody had the same thought. Are they going to move it? Do we still like it there now that it's going up head to head? Um, what do you what do you think will be the deciding factor on whether that will push them to have it start rotating venues? Well, it's, it's, it's going to be another challenge because there's so many logistics of, you know, you've got to get trucks on the road. You got to get equipment. You got to get the staff, but in addition to that, you've also got to promote more live shows. And we've seen that's, that's very difficult. You know, there's so much wrestling to consume now. There's so many choices, you know, for a while there, everything AEW announced was an immediate sellout. Like, you know, so I think Vegas was six minutes. I think uh, Chicago was a half hour and. Just literally everything they touched mm-hmm. was an almost immediate sellout. Now that they're running weekly television, all those buildings are not selling out right away. It, it has become more of a chore. So they, they start to feel less special when they're more frequent. And as a result, I think, you know, WWE has, has experienced um, less than stellar ticket sales for SmackDown and Raw for a while now, specifically with SmackDown that would be really tough to add another one with NXT and you're already losing money in NXT based on what we hear just because the roster is so big and they, they run small houses and they don't, you know, it's just, I think they're running at a loss already. I think those losses would pile up if you started to run different arenas and you're taking trucks on the road. And I, I don't know, to me, I think you just stick with full sale, let it be your developmental don't don't change your whole business model because you want to fuck these other guys. So you don't even know point. if it would take, if anything could push them to move. Well, I mean, listen, if they want, if, if Triple H is dead set on competing, then they're going to move. Right. Uh, but I don't know that that's necessarily necessary. I mean, like, if we're really calling Raw and SmackDown different brands, then right now, AEW is number three. But that doesn't mean, like, why does it have to be number four? Why is it that important is my point. Like NXT exists to be the developmental, to get talent ready to go to the raw or SmackDown. And why would you all of a sudden say, well, no, it also has to outdraw and be better than AEW. On some level, they moved to Wednesdays just to hurt AEW, not necessarily just to help NXT, but to hurt AEW. Well, they're doing that anyway. So if, if AEW starts to have some not so great segments, people have something to change to. Yeah, that, that, that's what I would do if I was WWE. I thought they served their their you know who who knows one weekend or whenever you listen to this, we're recording it one weekend. I, I thought it served its purpose great. I flipped over and I and like I said, 
the more this goes on, I'll flip over more just because I want, you know, like any TV show, you flip during commercials. That's sorry, that's what you do. Well, I was at the show last week, so I didn't get to see NXT. Obviously, I have it DVR, but I didn't see it, uh, and I still haven't seen the television broadcast for AW. But this Wednesday, you know, I, I'm I'm going to watch both. I'm going to flip back and forth. Yeah. And, I'm probably going to watch more AEW than than. It'll be your first time watching the broadcast. Yeah, and I and I want to see my buddies call wrestling. So let's talk about that. I you know uh, it's easy to say we love it, but I just thought that was one of the cool parts. And when I started posting on social media, we'll get into you calling it a long time ago that earlier this year that wrestling's cool again. Uh, yeah, thank but. You. So, me posting it on social media, hey, this is a fun night in wrestling, AEW's back. People on my social media were posting that I did not know were wrestling fans. Right. We used to keeping it quiet. Sure. And casual people, I just posted the opening shot of the three broadcasters, Tony and JR and Excalibur. And I just posted the picture and said, this is a fun night. And people going... Holy shit, is that JR and Tony? I that went, hey, that's fun. And which is I mean, that's the the plan of attack anyway, but I, I think that's that's one of the fun things about AEW is getting to see those guys work together. Yeah, and it's um top five proudest moments of my wrestling fandom <laughs> to see JR and Tony come through the tunnel. They were introduced together. And AEW has the footage, and I'm going to ask AEW for that footage of them walking through the tunnel and Justin Amazing. Roberts introducing them. And uh, this is before they were live or whatever, but the ovation that they got, and then the crowd started chanting, Tony, Tony. Amazing. And to know that that guy just a few years ago wanted nothing to do with wrestling, and he thought wrestling wanted nothing to do with him, and now he's back calling the number one show on TNT. That's unbelievable. I was trying to see. I, I texted him. I texted Tony Schiavone that night. Uh, just a, hey, man, you know, you know how Tony is. He, there's no being serious with him at all. No. But I did have to get a, hey, man, it was really good uh, seeing you on the tube, brother. And, uh, <laughs> of course, he responds, uh, thanks, buddy. I'm just trying to live up to the standards of you and Doug Markham on your P.O. Box episode. <laughs> I'm like, that's Tony. That's the Tony Giovanni I needed. You know, he he could not have been happier. You know, he um, we got a chance to catch up in person before the show, and nobody was around. It's just me and him, and they had a special like announcer's office. So I'm just chilling in there with him, and I said, are you nervous, anxious, excited? He said, man, I'm just, it doesn't feel real. You know, I'm just like on a cloud. This was like a dream. Like, I don't even know what to think or do with myself. And I'm like, are you ready? And he's like, oh, I'm ready. I mean, I knew he had been preparing. And as you saw, he broke out all kinds of hair dye for the facial hair. (laughs) And uh, he still had his stupid fucking CZ middle of the mall earrings in. Yes. And I'm like, Tony, you got to take those out. He said, oh, I'll ask him if I need to. I'm like, no, I'm telling you. (laughs) You need to take them out, dude. Just take them out. And he's like, no, but this is me. I'm like, they, they don't want that you. They, you. they just take them out. And eventually he did. And he, you know, I know his son Matt's giving him some shit on social media, but he wore a shirt that had button. button down collar. And I'm like, you got to button these. And he's like, why? I'm like, because 
you're going to look stupid if you don't. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't think that was the thing. I said, well, the thing is to not wear shirts that have buttons if yeah, you're that's a tie. The first <laughs> but if you're going to do it, go ahead and button them because you're going to look like a fucking doofus. And so anyway, he does. And uh, he knocks the uh, knocks it out. And then afterwards, uh, he's not calling the dark matches. It was Excalibur and JR because I think Tony's going to be in studio against the green screen and just throw to it. So he can do sort of wrap around the matches and, so we're catching up and I said, well, when can we leave? And he's like, oh, I can leave right now. I said, well, let's go. Uh, where's your car? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, surely you have a limo here or something, right? He's like, no, it's called get a fucking Uber. <laughs> uh, so we order an Uber and walk out up the garage and just go through a sea of fans and jump in an Uber and we're out of there. Uh, but once we got back to the hotel and he had a Moscow mule you could not wipe the smile off of his face. And he said, I got, as I was on the air, 80 text messages from people, including the manager of the Braves, who Strong. said something like, uh, damn the wild card game. I'm watching Big Tone on TNT. <laughs> A and little Brian Snicker reference? Just made him so happy. And as he scrolled through the feedback, he's like, buddy, fans thought we did a good job tonight i'm like dude it, the feedback on social is through the roof you guys yeah. had a home run and and he was really nervous that he wasn't going to do a good job and that he didn't know all the moves and that maybe this had passed him by and he had some of those second thoughts but he worked his ass off to prep and learn everybody's name and all the finishes and get caught up because for years and years this sounds make-believe but he watched wrestling for one evening between March twenty March twenty six two thousand one and January of twenty seventeen, and it's when Vince Russo invited him to a TNA show, and he left early and said he didn't ever want to go back. And that was in like oh two or oh three, maybe a four, but for literally sixteen years he never watched wrestling at all. I mean, we hear you guys on the pod joke about it, you know, a lot, but it get it gets kind of lost in the shuffle. That's a real thing. Yeah, that's a real thing, and so. You know, when Cody, like, he never saw Cody as Stardust because Cody had already quit by then. That's wild. There's so much of that stuff. He never saw Cody, you know, like, none of that stuff. He he just never saw. It it wasn't on his radar. Well, his moment, uh, I'm sure it came, I don't know how it came off in in the arena, but his moment on television when he was in the ring with Cody and they gave a big hug and you could tell they were talking to each other was... Uh, sitting at home was very emotional and it just it was one of those proud moments and you could tell there was there was real emotion between those two guys i mean that that's the beauty too is is cody and everybody with aw they realize how big that is to have those two guys back especially tony as well yeah and t- you know jr has been the constant in our lives who never really left yeah but the idea that tony left and now he's back is such a big deal and uh, the big moment for me, um, that stuck out about Co- about Tony's interaction that night is when Jericho's going up the ramp and he pushes Tony. It was awesome. Just for a minute, I kind of forget, right? And I'm caught up in it cause all the fans are into it. And I'm like, Hey fucker, he's got a bad <laughs> neck. Leave him alone. He's got a bad neck. And it's like when you, when Jericho can convince me that he's an asshole, yes. I'm like, Oh, I got sucked in again. I'm, I'm in the <laughs> vortex. You fucking Mark. No, it was such a great show. And it was my first time really seeing LAX perform live and up close. I'd seen them on TV a ton, but I'd never really see them do their thing live. And their interaction with the crowd, the little stuff they do was so good. And uh, 
I don't know. It's it's one of the best wrestling shows I've ever been to live. And I can't say it's necessarily because it was filled with five-star matches. I was at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year. That probably had the best matches I've ever seen in my life. But just the crowd interaction and the way the crowd sort of became the sixth man, if you will, was unbelievable. What about your, uh, what about your loving boy, MJF? He's a piece of shit, and he's always going to be a piece of shit. And I know, you know, people think that that's a work and that we're really good friends and blah, blah, blah. No, I fucking hate him. And just today, randomly, I haven't seen the motherfucker yeah. since last Wednesday. I was about to bring it up. He posts something along the lines of, after last week, I am as tired as Conrad is fat, which means I am very, very, very tired. Yeah. And I, I, we're not, we, I don't follow him on social he doesn't follow me on social. We don't text. We don't hang out. He's taking shots for no fucking reason. He's just an asshole. And and I think I'm fucking stuck with him at another StarCast because Cody is convinced he's like a good guy. And it's just miscommunication. So I screenshotted it today and sent it to Cody. And I'm like, well, what the fuck's miscommunicated oh, yeah. here? Pretty straightforward. That's pretty straight up. Straightforward shit on. So uh, we'll wrap up before we get to, because I do want to talk about StarCast. Sure. Uh, just briefly, and we, we briefly hit on it, but wrapping up this this possibly greatest week or one of the greatest weeks in wrestling, uh, how big it was cannot be uh, understated of Big Boy Fox now being involved in wrestling. Just like you said earlier, mainstream television. It's in everybody's household. I mean, if you got the antenna, you're you're getting wrestling now. Yeah, you know, such a big day uh, on Wednesday, and then Thursday the ratings came out, and of course, so did Grill and Jr. So it was a big wrestling day. Uh, but then Friday, arguably the biggest day and and one of the most important days in wrestling history. You know, just wrestling hasn't been on broadcast television since like the fifties. Not, not, not as a one-off like Saturday Night's Main Event, but like weekly, episodic, a regular series. And to know that all those big money players were there, like the, the Murdoch family's there in the front row. The idea that Rupert Murdoch is front row. I mean, wh- At what? a wrestling show. What? Um, you know, there's so many of those. It was a billionaire row, you know, at ringside. And guys like Rick Rubin and so many other, you know, celebrities and, and influencers it was just a special day and you had all that talent, you know, so much that they couldn't even get it all on camera. Sting was there. Hulk Hogan was there. Ric Flair was there. And they're just, you know, they don't have time to fit it all in. Right. Uh, it was, it was really, really cool to see. I thought the, the set is the coolest set in the history of wrestling. And, you know, I know a lot of fans maybe aren't super familiar uh, because I saw people, some people on Twitter, like, you know, who is this guy? But Tyson Fury is the person I would have been most excited to see that day because I'm such a boxing fan and I love his story. And he calls himself the Gypsy King and he's just got such knockout power and he's so entertaining to watch. I just thought it was, it was a really, really good show. You know, he's going to be great on the mic. You know, he's going to (laughs) be because he always is. And, and he's, you know, he's got, uh, I mean, he's like a, you know, an advocate for mental health and, you know, he struggled with his weight and he's just, he's been a flawed individual, but he's open about it. He's open about it. And he's not trying to bullshit you. Yeah. And then afterwards, like, you know, maybe if you're not familiar, you should go, 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 look him up. 
he'll sing at press conferences. <laughs> and he's not a good singer, but he's just in a good mood. And he's he like, doesn't take himself it, serious. No, yeah. and I love that. Uh, do you do you love? I mean, it's got to you got to love the crossover of we got boxers now. We've got Cain Velasquez coming back to even more MMA guys coming in. Uh, that's I th- I think that all has to help wrestling as a whole. No, it does because you know they're not looking for they're not looking for guys like me and you to watch because we're going to watch every week anyway. Yeah. They're looking for the hardcore. They're not looking for the hardcore. They're looking for the casual fans who are sort of on the fringe, who maybe used to watch but don't anymore or watch when they were a kid, or they're just are willing to check it out because it's what everybody's talking about. And when wrestling becomes cool, then people will watch it. And so wrestling was cool in the 90s with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. And, you know, it went from at my school where you were a nerd, you were lame if yeah. you were a wrestling fan, so then all of a sudden, everybody's got an NWO t-shirt. The first time you saw, a, you know, somebody you didn't know was a wrestling fan, one of the quote-unquote cool kids at school wearing an NWO shirt, like you said, you're like, wait, what? Are y'all jumping in now? Are we cool? Yeah, it's weird, but but that's where we're headed, uh, and that's what that's where we should be headed. That's where we should all want it to be headed. And the way you get there is by having some of these crossover opportunities. So by having The Rock come back or having Tyson Fury appear – or having Cain Velasquez. And, you know, I, I don't know if you saw, but to me, the proof is in the social when you see, you know, how many views the video had and also how many views the uh, and retweets and how much attention it had when Cain showed up. Yeah. You know, I mean, that went viral and it made Sports Center and everywhere else. And people were talking about Cain and Brock. Well, it's like, it's like I, I, I giggle when people are like, uh, take another sport and, like you said, trying to pick the guy that's just flipping through channels and how do, how do I get him to tune in on this big day is I liken it somewhat to wh- why we got Goo Goo Dolls playing the halftime of Super Bowl. Because they're trying to get literally everybody to watch. Yeah, that's So exactly how do right. I get everybody to watch? Because yes. you're watching football if you're a football fan regardless. So now I got to get your wife to watch. Now I got to get every all the females involved. Now I got to get the casual fan involved. Let me get Bruno Mars here. The, the halftime show is not for football fans. That's exactly right. And bringing in the uh, the the crossover, the boxing guys, the Cain Velasquez, the MMA guys, these are pulling in the other sports guys that haven't tuned in to wrestling in a long time. These are. Pulling in casual fans, pulling in. Hey, I don't, I don't, I hadn't watched wrestling, but I know who, I know who these names are. So I'm going to tune in. Now that we're on, like you said, a huge night, one of the biggest nights, we're on broadcast television again. And can you imagine? And this is really hard to think about, but can you imagine for a minute a world where Raw isn't the premier wrestling show? And that's the world we're living in right it's crazy. now. It's crazy. Raw it's is forgotten. Now, at best, the second show, and. You could, you know, and I don't mean this to any disrespect, but the A show is wherever Michael Cole is, you know, because Michael Cole is now the voice of WWE for better or worse. Yeah. By the way, they're running an AEW commercial right here in Raw again, which is <laughs> great, great ad buy by the AEW execs. But no, I, I, you know, Dio Madden and Vic Joseph, they've got their work cut out for them on Raw because that's been an institution forever with with Michael Cole and then before him, you know, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Yeah. And it's, it's always been the premier show, but man, nothing can compete with, with 
broadcast TV, and it's so special. And I, I'm 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 disappointed that so many wrestling fans are short sighted with the Kofi Kingston story. I was disappointed that a lot of them made it into a race thing. To me, this is the furthest thing from race. If if I had to bet, I would say as soon as they knew that they had this Fox deal, that Brock was going to win the world title or be in the main event of that first show because he's your biggest marquee star. That just makes sense. Again, random guy that doesn't watch wrestling, who yeah. does he know, Brock or Kofi? Exactly. And so you've positioned him as this unbeatable monster, and you needed to continue to tell the story that he's this unbeatable monster that nobody can compete with. So he decimates the Mysterio family on Monday, and then he destroys Kofi Kingston, just like a real fight. Just like if they fought in real life, he would destroy Kofi that fast. Just like in MMA, when when someone gets knocked out right away. And that It's the same thing. And by the way, Brock did that same thing with Bill Goldberg, where Goldberg beat him immediately for the world title on pay-per-view a couple of years ago. So... I thought that was another nice piece of storytelling. And then it's like, well, who can stop this man? Oh, I got a guy who beat his ass. You ever see that scar on his face? <laughs> this guy put it there. Right. And so I was watching that show with my wife, and she's not a UFC fan. So when she sees this guy come out, and she sees him take his shirt off, she had the attitude, a lot of casual wrestling fans there. She's like, well, who's this? And I said, believe it or not, that's just the way he looks, but he has the best cardio of anybody in the building. He is a legitimate badass, and everybody says he has a motor that won't quit. Well, they don't get it. Like, how is this guy heavyweight and able to train like this, but he still looks like this, as did Daniel Cormier and others like him. But what sold her was, she's like, but I don't understand. What's the deal? I said, well, he fought Brock once and just smashed him. And she said, how many people remember that? And I said, anyone who's seen Brock Lesnar's face, you ever notice that (laughs) scar? Kane put it there. And that's such an easy story to tell. That I'm, uh, I don't think Kane's going to be the world title or world champion, but I do think they're going to have a match and it'll be fine for what it is. And they will continue that Kofi story. Kofi will be a bigger star on the other side of this. And I'm excited for what they do next with him because they're not done with Kofi. Like this was a piece to tell a story on the first episode and to get the Fox thing going with some star power and probably to go catch some Saudi money on the other side. He's also, he had to lose at some point. Yeah, he had to lose at some point, which is so, a fair thing. And, so, and, and there's the other criticism that so many fans are like, oh, well, things are down. They needed to make a change. Well, goddamn. Didn't we used to say that meant you had to change champions? Yeah. Like when, when business is down, when Kevin Nash is champion, everybody's comfortable saying he's the lowest drawing champion ever. But when business is down with Kofi Kingston, it's like, well, that's not Kofi's fault. How about this? I don't think it is either. I don't think it was Nash's fault back then. There's a thousand factors. Thank you. It wasn't, my point is, it wasn't Nash's fault back then, and it's not Kofi's fault now, but the Kofi story is tremendous. This is just one piece of it. And you look back at Daniel Bryan, they wanted Daniel Bryan to be the world champ at SummerSlam, and WWE fucked him, and and Orton fucked him, and, and the authority fucked him, and it made the payoff at WrestleMania so much greater. And that's the same story they told us earlier this year when Kofi stole the show at SmackDown and didn't get his opportunity, but he guided it. We delayed, we delayed, we delayed. It's edging off. Some of our right. listeners are familiar with edging off, and edging <laughs> off is money. When that payoff happens, roll tide. <laughs> All right, so we've got the uh, we've got the epic week in the books. Uh, we also uh, want to forecast another uh, epic weekend uh, coming up as the announcements have been as of this taping. The announcements have been flying out for Starcast. 
You've got StarCast 4 coming up in Baltimore. I can't believe I'm dumb enough to do this again. <laughs> you know, here's the backstory on this. I didn't even have a venue picked out. I didn't have a town picked out. I didn't have four on the radar at all when three started. And over the course of three weekend, I got a couple of phone calls, text messages, and had some conversations with folks who really wanted me to do it in Baltimore. <laughs> and I didn't want to tell those people no. So I said, okay. So we did it. And, dude, the logistics of this one have been so much more difficult. It's not going to be at a hotel, uh, which is what we've always done, and that was a lot easier for fans. This will be a little more challenging, uh, but I do think we've got something special. First of all, because it's happening at a place called the Power Plant, which is where WCW wrestlers go. like Goldberg learned how to wrestle. Let's go. I mean, it's called the Power Plant. So I was like, you know what? We've got to do an old-school WCW theme. So the first thing I thought of is, hey, if I was a wrestling fan – What's the coolest photo op I, I could get that I never could get before? And the answer was red, white, and blue Sting. Sting! I love the Crow character, but by now, if you're a big Sting fan, you've got your Crow photo op. Yep. What you don't have is Surfer Sting, and what you don't have specifically in Baltimore is the red, white, and blue Sting, because that's where he wore the red, white, and blue jacket and, and the Stars and Stripes face paint and won the world title beating Ric Flair for the first time in 1990. So we're making all of that happen with the original Big Gold Belt. It's going to be something special. And then I thought, okay, what else can we do that's cool? And we just announced today our other co-headliner, the great Muta. He's going to be back. Muta. Muta. That's what we say in Otherwall County. I'm, I'm so excited that Muta's going to be there. And uh, we've got a ton of other Hall of Famers. You know, Arn Anderson's going to be there, and Dustin Rhodes is going to be there, <laughs> and Ricky Steamboat's going to be there, and Lex Luger's going to be there, and Ron Simmons is going to be there. But we've got lots of fun stuff, too. We've got Van Hammer. We've got the Shockmaster. We've got the Yeti. We've got the Ding Dongs. We've I got was, RoboCop. I was going to say, you, you announced a couple of the first. I don't remember the order now, but I know RoboCop was there. And RoboCop Sting, was two. Sting and RoboCop. And uh, our buddy here in Huntsville, uh, Paul Tranquillo, uh, shout out, uh, he was texting me. And he was really excited about Red, White, and Blue. He said, hey, I don't, I don't even remember seeing that before. And I was like, yeah, that's the point of, of him doing that. Right. And then RoboCop, and he said, that is, because even I tweeted, I said, it's so hilarious that I must do it. It's I must get a shot with RoboCop. That's the idea. And he joked, my buddy Paul joked and texted me private and said, I can't believe what he's going to announce next. What is he going to do? Some Jim Hurd ding-dong stuff? And here we go. And literally, less than 24 hours, StarCast announced the ding-dongs. And that's, he, that's he texted, what's happening right now? That's what I wanted, man. You know, I, I, I wanted... Photo ops you could never get before. I was about to say, if you've been to the first three, you've announced so many now that I'm like, we, we didn't even sniff these at the first three. Well, and it's because, you know, listen, I wanted to do, the first one was like Woodstock. So I wanted to get everybody I could, but, you know, I couldn't get a Sting or a Bret Hart or something like that. So I come back with the second one and I get you Sting. I get you Bret Hart. I get you a really rare Tom McGee. I get you Taz. I get you Kenta Kobashi. But now it's like, okay, at three, what the fuck can I do like that I haven't already done? Uh, CM Punk. Right. Well, so now I'm at four. I'm like, uh, what's left? <laughs> I 
you know, it's becoming we're standing very, here naked now. It's becoming very challenging to say, hey, how can we come up with something that's never been done before? So I thought, you know what? Let's tap into nostalgia. Let's double There's tap so much nostalgia. history in Baltimore. Let's go childhood. Let's go the nine-year-old and all of us. Red, white, and blue sting. Robocop. The Ding Dongs. The Yeti. It's going to be great, man. Do you have more? Do you want to make one now? <laughs> I do I do have a few more. I'm not exactly sure when this is going to air. I'll tell you, I've got it's one. It's airing tomorrow. I, well, this is airing on right now, first week of October. Okay, let me look at my list. Let me see if I got something. <laughs> let me see if I got something. I am pretty excited, you know, with just all the throwbacks that we've got, though, because, you know, I, I you know, and we do have some different ones. Like, we got... Um, uh, we got Sandman. You know, we've never had Sandman. That was a great like that. announcement. We got Two Cold Scorpio. We've never had Two Cold Scorpio. So we do have some, you know, sort of interesting names that have never happened before. Like, I th- and judging, I will say this too. Uh, look, wh- whatever you whatever you do, there's especially on social media, there's going to be trolls and people that shit on it because that's what they love to do. I I've saw nothing but overwhelming positivity about. I, the, everybody gets it. Do you know what I mean? They get yeah. it. Well, I mean, I think at first people were like, "Is this a rib?" And it's like, no, it's not a rib. I mean, serious business. What? Well, once the-, the package starts coming together, yes, yes. If you just go, we got RoboCop and it's done, then you go, well, that was random. But then yeah. all these come backing it up. You go, well, this is a whole package thing. This is a whole theme. This is this is what we're going for here, and we're all on the same page now. I, I'm excited to see all this history. I'm excited to be there. Baltimore is such a great wrestling town. Of course, the event's going to be fantastic. Let me give you a stage show. How's that? Okay. Is this uh, an announcement? Yes. This is not anywhere announced? I don't think so. Alive, we, what happened when? We made the <laughs> we made the stars of StarCast, hosted by Colt Cabana, and we're going to have some of the old school names who made the stars. Yes. So we've got George South, one Come of the most on. prolific WCW enhancement talents ever. We've got Dwayne Gill, who most people remember was Gilberg. Gilberg! We've got uh, Barry Horowitz. Uh, yes! perennial WWE enhancement talent. And we've got Bobby Starr, who uh, was the king of the mullets in WCW. And Vader <laughs> powerbombed through the goddamn floor. Uh, we murdered him, yeah. Murdered him. I can't so, believe he's here. You can bring in a corpse is what you're doing. Yes, we are. But I, I wanted to do that again because, and I think you're going to like this, the photo ops for some of those guys are going to be hilarious. So when you get your photo made with Bobby Starr, because I know some of you are thinking, well, who the fuck wants a picture of Bobby Starr? Yeah. Well, you're going to get a picture of him because you're pinning him. <laughs> you're going to lay across that motherfucker. And, and, that is hilarious. And get your photo made. And, you know, I've got some other ones I'm working on. Yeah. And I've got two in particular. W- one guy's just being a real dick. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell that story on what happened when. Because yeah. he's about to be permabanned. Uh, oh, but, but I've got three or four photo ops. And, I, I mean, listen, some of you listening can probably guess where I'm going with this since I just did that you get to pin a guy. But... I pitched four things that I thought, boy, if they fucking bite on this, we got something <laughs> real special. One, I got turned down flat and fast, and I'm trying to negotiate and wait, make the, it better. Wait, the talent didn't want that specific photo op or didn't want to be involved? The exact quote was, thanks for the offer, Conrad, but I ain't feeling it. 
but I'm working on it. Okay. But I've got I've got some really fun, unique. That's what I'm looking for. Is hey man, why should I come to Starcast Four? I sort of I've been to three. I was at two. I went to the first one. You know, I mean, what is there? Why would I come now? What's new? What's different? Well, I got some new for that ass. There's a lot of different. Is there a ref for the pin shot? There is. Okay. <laughs> there is. I was just thinking of what the perfect shot is. You gotta have. You gotta have a ref. We, we we've got a referee. We've got an announcer, okay. and we've got a talent that I don't believe has done a public appearance in mm. 31 years. 31 years. And I can't announce it yet. I can't wait. People's doing the math right now to figure out how long 31 years. 31 years, I believe, is the number. And uh, if we announce that, I don't know that it'll sell a lot of tickets, but real wrestling, old school wrestling fans will be like, holy shit, I got to get it. And so I hope you'll join us uh, in Baltimore on November 8th and 9th. It's going to be the 7th, 8th, and 9th, but I'll be honest, the 7th is at Jimmy's, the 10th is at Jimmy's. We're going to do a little, oh, here's a spoiler. We're going to do a birthday celebration for Tony Schiavone at Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Thursday night, November 7th. That's his actual birthday. Go to Baltimore just for Jimmy. Just for Jimmy's. And then, you know, we're going to do a little brunch deal on Sunday, and we'll have a charity component for both of those. Stay tuned for those. We'll probably announce those in the next week or so. But the 8th and 9th at the power plant, fuck, it's going to be awesome. If they want tickets... Starcast.com. Starcast.com. Two R's. Two R's. S T A R R C A S T dot com. And a lot of people have been asking, will it be on fight? Yes, we anticipate it being on fight. We're sort of fine lining some contract stuff right now. Uh, brother got to get paid. Uh, <laughs> so if that happens, uh, I expect that that will be on sale here in the next several days as well. Uh, Starcast.com. Social media, Starcast Events. Yep. You know, Twitter is where we do most of our business. It's That's- at Starcast Events. And uh, man, I, I want you to be there, and I want you to get your money's worth, and I want you to I have will. a great I'm time. I'm coming. I'm coming. You know I mean. Oh, you mean them? Okay. You know, uh, to ke- sort of catch you up, the uh, the concept of Starcast that makes it different from every other wrestling convention is we have stage shows. No other wrestling convention has stage shows. Most wrestling conventions are a series of folding tables, and wrestlers sit behind them, and you approach them and get your pictures and autographs. And you have that. We have that. But you went next Uh, level. But I want to entertain you. I don't want you to... I've been to some of the other conventions, and I make a once-over, and in 45 minutes, I'm done. Correct. I'm in and out. I want you to be able to come here, hang out, spend the whole day. There's something for you to do all damn day. And what's great about the power plant is it's surrounded by bars and restaurants. You're right smack dab in the middle of Party Central all weekend. Uh, So if, if the stage show isn't exactly something you're into and you've met all the guys who are signing right now... Man, go go party. Go grab you a beer. And there's tons of bars inside Power Plant. The building will be in. Uh, there's five there's five bars in there. So you won't be short on entertainment. But if you want to go some, somewhere else and watch a game or whatever, just wander around and come back in. That's why you've got that bracelet. But these stage shows on Friday are going to be mostly slanted towards AEW. We're going to have John Moxley on stage. We're going to have Cody Rhodes on stage. We're going to have uh, Jurassic Express on stage. There'll be lots of bang for your buck on Friday if you're an AEW guy. On Saturday, it's all about WCW nostalgia. It's going to be the place to be. Uh, Power Plant, man, what a great name. StarCast. StarCast 4 comes to Baltimore. Got to love it. Uh, follow it. Thank you for making an announcement. I appreciate that. Appreciate yeah, you're, the reference. You're very welcome. Um, and then, of course, uh, before we get out, of course, plug uh all the podcast uh you you fucked me 
by uh, releasing Arn on Tuesdays. Yeah, my bad on that. <laughs> if you heard Conrad last time he was on, we hinted at it. Uh, and it is real now. Um, that's the beauty of podcast. You can listen whenever you want. You can. It's on demand, and we hope that you'll listen to uh, 83 weeks every single week. This week we did a Q&A episode, which I thought was a tremendous episode with Eric Bischoff. We cover a lot of ground, lots of interesting stuff we never talked about before. Tuesday with Arn Anderson, we're talking about the famous My Spot promo. And we'll also talk about when Kevin Nash parodied it and the War Games fallout two weeks after that where they effectively killed Winston-Salem as a wrestling town forever and ever in uh, <laughs> September of 97. Uh, this week on Wednesday on What Happened When, we're going to do a special with Tony Schiavone. We're not doing a watch-along this week. Instead, we're doing Whoa. Tony Returns to TNT, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about how cool it was that Tony was back in big-time wrestling in prime time on TNT. On Thursday with JR, we're talking about uh, Hell in a Cell 2009, so we'll go back 10 years. And I know you probably don't remember what that main event off the top of your head was, but check this out. Hell in a Cell on one side, it's Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Across the ring from them, it's Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes. Jeez. So Cody and Triple H and a Hell in a Cell 10 That's years ago. Amazing. So great, especially when it's... How far we've come in 10 years. I mean, seriously, it was almost to the day the 10-year anniversary of the first show, and it's like... Wow, what what irony. So I knew we had to cover it. So that's what we're doing. And then on Friday this week, we're talking about Taz with Bruce Pritchard. Uh, Taz has uh, become a friend of the show. and Radio host Jones? Radio host Jones. <laughs> the rumor and innuendo is he's interested in doing some more stuff in wrestling again. And uh, he put it out there that he's been talking to some wrestling companies about doing some stuff. So it'll be curious to see uh, what's next for Taz, but we're going to be talking about his career in the WWE with Bruce Pritchard this Friday. If you want to get more information about any of those shows, just follow me on Twitter at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. Uh, all that, all those topics specifically, uh, this is releasing on October 8th, 2019, those topics, but every, every week it's five shows a week now, which is amazing to think about. Do you ever, I mean, what what do you do? What do you when do you sleep, dude? So I'm glad you asked. So check this out. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I t- on on um, on Friday on on sa- I'll start over on Sunday. All my days are running together. <laughs> I taped uh, Eric Bischoff. Today on Monday, I've already taped uh, Jim Ross for this week, and I'm about to go tape Tony Schiavone. And literally, as soon as you click stop, I'm going to my studio to tape Tony Schiavone. And then tomorrow, I'll tape next week's Arn. Uh, during the day, and then tomorrow night I'll tape Eric Bischoff uh, for next Monday, and then uh, on Wednesday during the day I'll tape Tony Schiavone's "What Happened When" for next Monday, and or for next Wednesday, and I'll tape Bruce Pritchard's show for this Friday with Taz in the evening, and then Thursday my wife and I are gonna fly to California, and I'll have like four days with no podcast, which will be the first time well that's deserved. happened. Since StarCast uh, 2. Jeez. Yeah. And, of course, when you get back, you hit the ground running. You'll be when I get back, I got to double up again. I was about to say, you'll be fond. You know, but, <laughs> it's but out of control. the thing is, like, JR doesn't want to put a bunch on the can. He wants to talk about what happened this week on AEW. You know, so he wants to get the plugs in. So I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And Bruce and, and Eric have not had any free time. Their schedule is about to free up a little bit, though, because they'll both be in Connecticut. Bruce is closing on a house. Uh, in Connecticut later this month. And when they both live there, the beauty of living in Connecticut is you get to fly on the jet with Vince. So Come on. You, you know, you go from three nights a week in a hotel to one night a month in a hotel. 
Well, everyone you've uh, everyone you've been involved with is back in it now. Except you know me and you still here on my fucking couch. Uh, if you're listening, NWA, come holler at me. I'll do your show. I mean, uh, seriously, Lagana's probably listening. I, I could line that up. I think. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, thanks, brother. I appreciate the time, my man. Always fun to. Uh, hey, uh, she's never going to listen. What did you did you not eat supper with us tonight because you knew Megan was cooking and we weren't ordering in? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what she was going to do. Okay, well, because she said Cassio's coming for dinner, and then you got here and and everybody made a plate but you. And I was like, this motherfucker knew it was not, she didn't order, she cooked. <laughs> and he's like, nah, I'm good. No, no, I'm fat. I would have ate it anyway. Well, I need you, a calorie. Let me just tell you, you didn't miss nothing tonight. <laughs> you didn't miss nothing tonight. The rolls were on fire? No, those those rolls right out of the freezer were badass. Uh, the corn was good. The sweet potato was good. The broccoli was good. But son, that fish, boy, somebody should have just put him back. We should have let that one go. <laughs> I think he was dead when he got caught. Oof. That's Johnny Carp tonight, dude. It was rough. Like, it, it, here's how I knew it was it was bad. Mm-hmm. I look at one point. I'm locked eyes with Kansas, and we just gave each other the Iggy. It was not spoken, <laughs> but we both knew we ain't got to eat this. You didn't go we? back for seconds. I had another roll. <laughs> yes, that shit was fire. I don't know if you heard, but in the middle of eating supper, you the kid, said the these kid, rolls are fire. The kid goes, um, "Dad, can we go to Dairy Queen after?" <laughs> Boy, I'm in on that. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. If you need me to run to DQ while you're talking to Tony. Yes, <laughs> if you would run Kansas to Dairy Queen, <laughs> take one of my, Oh, did I tell you that tomorrow, starting tomorrow, we've buried the lead here. October 8th. Dave Silva lives with me. I know, I'm hoping, I was going to say, I was I was going to wrap up with that. I, I, I'm hoping he's listening uh, on the way. He's traveling. He's, he's arriving here tomorrow night, and he'll be here on staying Wednesday night while I'm here. And then he's going to stay in my house Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, and maybe Sunday night, I think. Like, they're effectively... He's house-sitting? They're house-sitting, even though they have a house here. Right. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'd house-sit. Did you not? I feel like... I don't know, so... God, when is he... He's getting here... Oh, you're leaving Thursday. I'm going out of town, too, or do I I come house-sit with him? (laughs) Oh, Dave Silva in Huntsville. I mean, I gotta, this is amazing. I got to take some of my car keys with me and oh, just lock them up because I don't know if he, uh, uh, is he legally documented? Like if He's he, so silly. if he wrecks one of my cars, am I, am, <laughs> am I going to get sued? Like, I feel like it's not going to hurt your record, brother. Fuck off. <laughs> I have, you know, all of my speeding tickets are falling off except one. Uh, in the next six months. And I've got one ticket right now. I'm fighting. Oh, you've had a good run then. Dude, I've been really good. You've had a really good run then. If they're about to all come off. Yeah, I, I've got one that'll still be on there. In six months, I'll still have one ticket on there, and I'm fighting one. But well, it's Cassio like all- mentions this because twice I've had my license suspended, not for DUIs or anything, <laughs> no. just for too many points from speeding tickets. But I got a bunch of bullshit tickets. I was getting like 52 and a 45. Man, don't write me a ticket on that. 52 and a 45. Dude, I had a 49 and a 45. I had a 57 and a 55. I had, like, bullshit tickets. Oh, well. But it's because, you know, I was big balling in one of my cool cars or whatever, and they was yeah, mad. Well, they, they, they get out of the car, man. They saw me rolling. They was hating. They get out of the car pissed off about it, about life and everything. You go, he's getting But I was ticket. never a dick to any of them. Uh, you know, you've been in the no. car with me when I've been pulled over. <laughs> Many times. Many times. And I'm always super polite. Yes. And most of the time that works, and sometimes it does not. <laughs> 
Well, we have a back road now between our house, uh, right over here, and, and well, you know, I've seen you hit speeds on that road. I've only got one car I go fast in now, though. Uh, all my all my other cars, uh, they're like cruising cars, so I go I go much slower. The, the point was is now that I, we take that road a lot to go back and forth here, my wife, Big Booty Judy, is cannot believe the speeds that were hit. On that particular road. Well, we should tell the story. That was during the summer of Rad. <laughs> and we had a couple of friends over uh, who may or may not have had party favors that I was like not familiar with Correct. that were actually here. Uh, and then I got uh, motivated to get out of here very fast. <laughs> and We yeah, need to change venues really we, fast. We jumped in my big old sedan and we uh, we made it to record time to the shoe show. <laughs> we did. And looking well, and that particular evening, Big Booty Judy, who uh, that was her first experience in really going fast with you. And I just told her, if you'll just not look at the speedometer, you won't know how fast. Because I'll tell you this, and 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 you've ridden with me, you know, a lot. Although I go fast, I'm not usually dangerous. No, it's, that's what I'm saying. If it, it it's wasn't con- reckless, it's controlled. Well, I mean, it was reckless on speed, but yeah, but it's controlled speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like. I hear tires barking or we're fishtailing no. or no. he like like that. We're not changing lanes. We're in the same lane. That's like one. Every time we take that road, Big Booty Judy goes, one, I can't believe the speeds we hit. And two, we survived. And I said, well, that, that shows you how good of a driver he is, really. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, I, that was in that sedan that I've had forever and ever. But with this thing, little SUV gimmick I got, man, I got that thing figured out. <laughs> I put on a show with that dude. This well, is the first time to go to the shoe show. <laughs> this is the first time I've had a vehicle that was that size that could go that fast. That little fucker will go zero to sixty in like under four seconds, and an SUV shouldn't be able to do that. Okay. Well, six hundred forty horsepower. I'm baby. ready, dude. It's fun. It's my it's my favorite daily driver I've ever had. Well, you ain't got to threaten me with a good time. Let's go to the shoe show. <laughs> well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna put you behind the wheel and put it in manual. And put it in sport mode and let you just fucking let her rip, Tater Chip. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there's no cover for seven and I live a block away. So, Well, we got to figure that out when I don't have Churins. Because <laughs> I think today you may be taking it to Dairy Queen. And uh, the wife, she has discovered that she likes the peanut buster parfait with peanut butter. So, okay. have you heard about this? No. Uh, they don't offer it. I mean, it's not on the menu, but you can just ask for them to add peanut butter. So, what they'll do is they'll go, uh, the hot fudge they normally do, then vanilla, then peanut butter, and then hot fudge, then vanilla, then peanut butter, then hot fudge, then vanilla, then peanut butter. Come on now. So it's like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And Dave Flair came to town once, and that's what the he, Dave Flair. Yeah, and that's what he ordered. And I was like, they, they don't make that. He's like, just say it. End of the fucking. Okay. So I did, and it came out, and I'm holding. I'm like, this shouldn't be. Wait, was there any hesitation by the person in the nope. speaker? That's Which means it's a thing. It's a low-key secret menu item. So you can add peanut butter to a peanut buster parfait. And I've never had it, but I am not used to seeing my wife make that face during the daytime. <laughs> uh, but it's she was real happy. Well, do you know the personal record on time, how to get there and back? Well, here's what you do from here. Um, if you know a personal record, I need to try to match it. I don't have a personal record time. We can start timing it from here. <laughs> But if you go down Governor's, take a ride on California, uh, and then you just turn left. 
Like instead of turning right to go to your house at that red light, you turn left and it's right there over the railroad <laughs> you tracks. You got the map memorized. And you could net, you can get you can get a little air on those <laughs> railroad tracks. It's pretty awesome. Challenge accepted. Thank you, brothers. Thanks for the time. We like doing fun stuff together. I, we look. We didn't even embarrass ourselves this time. Yeah, we think, just covered you, the state of wrestling. You think I'll ever be on the radio with you again? <laughs> I don't know. Every time you say fun stuff, I just think about our, my shitty, shitty rep and how I'm just putting her in timeout. <laughs> and we, you and I have not talked about it all fair, so <laughs> I can't wait to hear her version of events. We haven't, uh, yeah, usually uh, usually do live advertising on my radio show, Rocket 95.1. I've taken two weeks off. You now. haven't yet, yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm enjoying my weeks off. <laughs> That's what to say. All right, brother, go get your vacation. Enjoyed it, man. Vacation? Hell, I gotta go do a pod with Tony right now. Well, by the time they... Oh, yeah, this will be out before your vacation. Look, wrap it up. Go have fun. You deserve okay. it. I'm trying. Thank you. Give me that peanut butter parfait. I want to have my wife's O face, too. <laughs> You're gonna see mine, too. That's gonna be the weird part. Not in front of the kids. <laughs> <laughs>